This is IA Forward, your playbook for success as an independent insurance agent. Here to help you knock it out of the ballpark are your hosts, Shane Tatum and Tanya Lead. Welcome to IA Forward. Shane, I was thinking about words this week. And I hear the word contentment being thrown around a lot and people wanting to be content in their lives. And then I hear people really pushing for wanting to be super crazy successful and having this commitment to growing their business. So do you think that it's possible to have a high level of contentment and a high level of commitment at the same time, or are those polar opposites? I think it's possible to have both. It depends on what your pursuit leads you to. Is your achievement mindset or your growth mindset, what is it for? Why do you want to grow? And I think if your drive is specifically or only monetary, then I think you're going to struggle with the contentment side. And that's really, really strange as a business owner and as agency owners to talk about, well, Shane, what else would it be? If it's not financial growth, then what are you talking about? There's other things. You may be an individual who is really, really into helping other people find jobs and you want to grow your business so that you can give other people jobs. I mean, there's so many different things that you can look at. Most people do look at that financially. That's why they struggle with contentment as they're trying to achieve and as they're trying to grow and reach a whole new level is because the only perspective we put out there is generally a financial perspective. I can remember back when I was training as a competitive ballroom dancer and having a conversation with my partner's wife. She used to say, I just want contentment. I just want peace. I just want to have a normal life. And she said, I support him in doing this. She said, but I just don't understand the commitment of doing this, of committing to this goal when she just kind of wanted things to be as normal as possible. I have a really interesting analogy here that would go around travel and club sports, and I think it would fit into that example as well. Club sports, travel sports, whether it's club track, softball, basketball, AAU basketball, you name it. There are tons of club youth sports going on out there and it's a huge huge arena um it's an enterprise in and of itself and i remember the memes circulating on social media it's why i do youth sports or why i do club sports and it stopped being about a scholarship for me as a parent several years ago. The argument of, I just don't get it. Y'all spend all this money traveling and doing all these things and you could have paid for college two or three times over. And the answer is that's true. The point of it moves beyond scholarship very, very quickly when they're 10 years old and playing club sports or even 12 years old and playing club sports. And that's really important to think about here because there was huge commitment driving to Houston, which is two hours and doing that twice a week for practice. So that's a four hour drive time for three hour practices twice a week. And so it's insane. You know, say it on the surface, it's like, oh my God, that's crazy. And it is crazy. I admit that. And so you kind of look at it and you go, okay, well, why do y'all do this? Well, because number one, she loved it. Number two, she had a talent for it. And number three, she will carry it with her for the rest of her life. 
And it went way past scholarship. It might have started out with that mindset, but me having known kind of how that worked, it never even started as I'm going to get a scholarship. It started with I'm good at it. I love it. I want to do it. And I knew it would shape her mindset. I knew it would shape her attitude. Even her older sister who played travel softball for a while, it even helped her mindset for a number of years and into her adult life now as an educator. She uses things today that she learned as a 12 or 13 year old travel softball player. So it moves beyond this financial thing. That's the element that I've learned from just that analogy of the wife of your dance partner there. I don't get it. Well, most people don't get it that aren't in it. To me, it's the idea of if you're a producer and you're making a six-figure income as a producer and you're making a great living, your family is happy, you have a beautiful home, you have nice cars, you're able to do all of the things that you want to do, why in the world would you leave that position to start your own agency? Because a lot of that is stuff. A lot of those are thing answers. Like I have a nice house. I have the ability to buy things. But you may have this burning kind of internal thing of not being fulfilled. You also may be in this place where you don't have the flexibility. Even though you have all this income, even though you've been successful financially, you may not have the flexibility. And so there may be a desire to give up some of that financial security to actually have a little more flexibility. Because if you want to jump out into agency ownership, there's going to be some risk there. So contentment of staying as a producer and sitting there and continuing to do what you do, it's not wrong. It's for a lot of people, actually. But that doesn't mean that everyone is going to be able to kind of swallow that contentment pill and go, I'm good with that. I'm okay with that. Some people are just in this sort of achievement thing, like Tom Brady. Why does Tom Brady retire and then come back a few weeks later and say, I'm unretired? Why does Brett Farr retire and then come back? Is it because they want more money? No, they're already bazillionaires. They don't need more money. They couldn't let go of the achievement. They needed the thrill of competing in order to kind of fulfill who they were. Thinking about what Tom Brady is going through in his personal life right now because of this commitment to playing. And there's a whole thing there too. And talking about commitment, I think so many people when they're thinking of starting a business are kind of torn between the commitment to themselves to go out and do this and create this or the commitment they have to an employer who has allowed them to put themselves where they are. They have a great commitment to that too. So I think sometimes people are torn because of that. That's very real, especially if you're a producer that you've been in an agency and you've done well, like you said, financially, and you've kind of grown up in this agency, maybe very young in your early 20s, and an agency principal gave you a start, gave you a chance, and you made the most of it. I have zero problems with feeling like you need to honor the commitment that that agency principal made to you. I respect it immensely. And that's not wrong. 
Although our whole podcast and our whole community effort is about recruiting people into the independent agency channel, we want you, if you're a captive agency producer, don't misunderstand. We want you to come to our channel. We need you to come to our channel. That doesn't mean that everybody should come to the channel. It doesn't mean that everybody should leave where they are because there may be a relationship there that's damaged. At the end of the day, wins and losses won't matter. It's the relationships you build that'll matter. Kind of sounds like I'm talking you out of making a leap. But sometimes you're in a situation where your relationships are really good and your environment is really good and you need to stay there because you're content and you are happy and you are successful and you work for an agency that is successful and you have an agency owner that is giving and is supportive and you have that relationship that's going to last forever. And if you leave, you may burn that bridge. There's some decision-making thoughts that should go into that, in my view, because it's not always best to chase the money. Shane, put your agency owner hat on and you have an extremely successful producer that decides that she wants to open her agency. What do you say? Young Shane would have probably been frustrated maybe around the fact of the investment that we made or the energy that we put into someone. And then as I have gotten older, I gravitate to the saying of, We hire this person with no experience. We train them up and then they leave. The story I heard was, well, you can either train them and they leave or you cannot train them and they stay. Which one do you want? Obviously, as an agency owner, (laughs) you would rather train them and some of them will stay and some of them will leave. But if you just decide not to train them and they stay, you're probably going to end up in E&O claim sometime soon. So you invest in people. And the question is, why do you want to leave? Why do you want to go start your own agency? If that producer can tell me and honestly understands their why, then I'm going to be extremely supportive of that effort. Not in a way to talk them out of it in any way, but to make sure that we didn't cause this movement. That it's genuinely this, I really just want to own my own shop. I really just want to own my own business. Well, you can't stand in the way of that. Every time I've ever tried to talk someone out of leaving, I regretted it. Being supportive of them is really your only answer. Let's look at that from an agency owner perspective. You have a fantastic producer that's built an incredible book for you and he comes to you wanting to leave. What do you do? There's variables here. Do you have a contract? Do you not have a contract? Do you have a non-piracy agreement? Do you have a piracy agreement in place? Again, I am of the opinion, (laughs) my experience, that negotiating, talking them out of it is a bad idea. Because one Once they come to you, most people aren't reacting to that. They've been thinking about it for a while. You find out about it after they've put weeks or months or years of thought around it. So your reaction to this is really important. Are you going to react or are you going to respond? And I want to know why. Did we do something that keeps you from being successful? That's not, I want you to stay. That's, did we do something? Did I do something? Secondly is, so what is the plan? It's sort of an exit interview in a way, but what are you wanting to do? Do they want to buy their book from you? Are you willing to sell it? Are you going to hang on to it and enforce their non-piracy agreement? For me, again, the negotiating piece of this, if that's where you go, is a slippery slope. And I think a lot of agency owners panic here. Now, if they leave and they start their own agency, 
business will follow them even if they're not pirating it, even if they are truly just leaving and starting up their own shop. You're going to lose some percentage of that business of customers that just follow. And if you're really good as an agency and you're really good with what you do, I've never really been concerned about that because the business that left was very, very minute compared to the overall book. And a lot of that business that left was not going to be loyal to the agency. And we were going to struggle to keep it anyway. But I see a lot of agency owners panic and freak out and get really angry about this. Again, I don't want to damage the relationship. I want to be the one that is taking the high road. That would be my encouragement. It's not worth me not sleeping well at night because I damaged some long-term relationship. Even if they're not being what they should be, I want to be what I should be. As the producer going to the agency owner with this news or with this idea, what should I be prepared for? Reaction. What I said I would do is probably not what most agency owners are going to do. They're probably going to be upset. How you approach an agency owner as a producer and say that you are going to leave and start your own agency, I believe honesty wins here. I think you need to be prepared of what your contract says if you have a contract. And I think you need to honor your contract. And I think you need to be prepared to rebuild your book. This idea of I'm going to leave and I'm going to take my book of business with me and not honor where I was and who got me to this point. I just don't think it's a very good approach. The bridges that you burn along that way are going to hurt you. And you need to be prepared to go to that agency owner with, are there any options? Can I buy my book? Can we negotiate something here? I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth a little bit intentionally here. I'm telling the agency owner side, negotiation's not a great idea unless it's pre-negotiated. The contract could be pre-negotiated, but if it's not and it doesn't speak to it, as a producer, I want to go and I want to honor I am so appreciative of the last 10 years. I want to own my own agency. I am looking at opening up my own shop, et cetera, et cetera. What are my options? Do I have options? Be very honest and upfront and open. And that may get you further than just leaving. Leaving and then leaving a vacuum and then thinking you're going to siphon the business. You're just going to end up in a litigation environment, which you don't want different situation. I am new to the industry and I am going in to work as a producer for the first time. What should I look for in a contract? This is a tough one for me because I am an agency owner and not a producer. It depends on what's being given in the support side from the agency ownership side. Most agencies do not give initial ownership or equity in the book of business. And there are some agencies that do that through a vesting schedule. They may give some ownership through a vesting schedule similar to a 401k in the book of business. If you have an opportunity to at some point have some equity in that book of business, that's a big, big opportunity for a producer going to work for an agency. Now, we're talking about producer going to work for an agency, not someone opening up an agency through an aggregator or a group. Is there an exit clause that speaks to what's going to happen? If you do this for 10 years and you build a book of business that's generating $500,000 worth of gross commission revenue and you decide to leave, did you discuss that up front? That's good for the agency owner to think about. It's also good for the producer to have in their mind. As a producer, I want to try to have a path to equity in my book. 
I'm looking at the commission splits and what does that look like? Is there a base salary plus commission or is it just straight commission? Obviously, if it's straight commission, those commission splits should be higher. If it's salary plus commissions, the commission splits are going to be lower. Am I going to have to service anything? Do I service my own book or do I have access to CSRs or account managers to help me with that servicing? All of those things, because I hear producers from time to time, it's like, well, I'm going to leave XYZ agency and go over to ABC agency because they pay more commission. Yeah, but there's a whole different structure there. They pay more commission because they don't give any base salary or they pay less commission because they provide a base salary or they provide a different 401k match or something. At least get all of your information and line up apples to apples. Don't make assumptions that one agency A is paying more than agency B, it's apples to apples and you haven't even dug into the research. On the flip side of that, if you're looking at going from agency A to agency B and apples to apples, are you including culture in that? Because to me, that is a much bigger reason to leave agency A to go to agency B is if you find a culture that fits rather than a financial opportunity. That's back to our contentment question. Question, right? Is this just a financial question? What is it? Because culture is huge. And if you haven't been in a bad culture, then you may not understand. But once you experience a bad culture, you're going to completely understand that culture is a big benefit there. And I have a non-industry analogy here. Our community is a small town school district. We have one high school, one middle school, one intermediate school, one elementary school. So it's not like the metro or suburban areas where there might be 10 or 12 elementary schools feed into two middle schools or something like that. We have one of each. So just kind of lay that out there. We are not the highest paying school district in the county. There is a larger community that has 13 or something elementary schools. One of the largest middle school junior highs in the state of Texas that all of these elementary schools flow into and then a very large high school. They pay more. Ten miles up the road, they pay more money to their teachers. Why is the market different? Ten miles apart. Why is the market different between those two school districts? Well, the socioeconomics are different. The families are different. The family dynamics are different. Therefore, the kids are different. And teaching in our school district is completely different. Teaching fifth grade in our school district is completely different than teaching fifth grade in their school district. It's just a fact. And so there are teachers that are choosing to make less money to teach in our school district than they could make teaching in another school district just 10 minutes away. So why? Why do they do that? And it's 100% culture. It's 100% environment. That parallels, we have that in our agency system. You could go make more money at this large global brokerage, but they pay like 20% commission. Or you can go to this mid-sized agency where they may be paying like 50% commission and giving you a CSR, but you're probably not going to make as much money. So the rates of pay are different because the account sizes are different. The culture is different. And because the jumbo guys are recruiting people straight out of college to come into some type of training program and they have this pipeline of sales producers just one after another. And it's just because they can. 
and it's a whole different environment. I think that's really important if we kind of look through the lens of that producer. What is the environment? What does this look like? What is my path to success in the agency that I'm talking to? I actually had the opportunity to have a conversation similar to this a few weeks ago with one of our new team members. And he and I were both talking about it's kind of a culture shock coming into Integra. And is this real? Like, can this be real? Can the culture that we have, is this a real thing And compared to where we came from? And I'm like, yeah, it took me probably a year and a half, two years to get adjusted to it. And I still have moments where I'm like, is really? Did this just happen? And to me, I didn't even realize how important culture was until I was in a good culture. And I'm not just saying that because you're my boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. I get it. No, seriously, it's flattering to hear. It's great to hear when you're in a leadership role where somebody says that. That's wonderful. But if you don't know any different, like you could talk to people who've been here for 20 plus years and they don't know the difference. They think this is the way it is everywhere. And so one of the things that's kind of been an aha for me is as we've grown and as we've had people come in from outside, so to speak, instead of growing up in the business, they've actually, you included, been hired from outside either the industry or outside of the organization. And there's a question that happens like, really? But it's a great checkpoint to kind of understand that things might be different elsewhere. So I'm one of those because I started here and this is all I know. And so one of the things that I have witnessed is even from our partner agents having to rebuild trust. I was rebuilding trust with people whose trust was broken by someone else. I didn't break their trust, but they come in the front door very skeptical. They're not very trusting because of their previous experience, their previous organization. One of the hardest things we do helping captive agencies, captive producers make the leap over to the independent agency side is actually rebuild trust in people. (laughs) That's really kind of crazy to me to think about. But some of the individuals have really struggled with something in their past, some experience, some shafting, so to speak, by a field manager or a district manager or sales leader. And we end up in this business of actually rebuilding trust that we didn't break. And it kind of makes me feel like a spouse has a really bad dream. The other spouse cheats on them and they're mad when they wake up at their spouse who did nothing but sleep that night. They're mad at you for the dream. It's kind of what it feels like at times. We didn't cause this pain, but we're in the business of having to kind of rebuild that and say, hey, this is real. This is the way culture should feel. My dog wakes up in the morning and I know if she had a bad dream the night before. She is grumpy on some of those days. And I'm like, what did you dream last night that we're now having to pay for? It's really strange. That was a learned thing for me. I didn't know that that existed until I realized these conversations and questions I'm getting are really about what happened to someone four years ago. I think one of the biggest things when you're looking at making that leap 
is deciding whether or not if you have an interest in making that change or if you have a commitment in making that change. I think so many people decide to do something because they have an interest in it. This is one of those things that I've been working on myself over the last few years. Number one, I think we have a problem with commitment in society. And I think that we are in this deal of In some cases, there's no penalty to the commitment. You say you're going to join that because you have an interest in it, but it really doesn't matter if you don't show up. I feel like that's a little bit of a societal issue, and I wish, I hope that we get back to more of a fully committed society. If I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to go and do it. You've kind of nailed it here with the interest versus commitment analogy. And I never really thought about it that way. But just because you like something or you like the idea of something doesn't mean you should go do it because you may not be really committed to it. (laughs) I have an interest in a lot of things. Like I have an interest in climbing Mount Everest. I am not committed to climbing Mount Everest. Because you want to keep all of your fingers. I do. And my wife doesn't want me to die yet. I mean, there's lots of reasons for me not to be committed to climbing Mount Everest. But if there's a documentary or there's a show or there's anything on K2, Everest, anything around the Himalayas or Nepal, I want to watch it. There's this realization to what you're saying that agents need to understand. I'm interested in owning my own agency. I don't know that I'm really committed to owning my own agency, though. So kind of interest is one of those things like you would do it if it's convenient, but committed is like a no excuses thing. Yeah. I'm in. No excuses. Let's go. No turning back. That's another level. I'm going to leave us with this quote today from Pat Riley. There are only two options regarding commitment. You're either in or you're out. Attitude's a choice. Make a great one. Bye, y'all. Ready to get the ball rolling with your independent agency? Learn more at IntegraAgent.com. That's IntegraAgent.com. Thank you for joining us on IA Forward. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now or learn more at IAForward.com.